Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Hello again, first-gen nation. Don't you hate it when someone goes blabbering on about something they know nothing about? Yeah, I hate that too. That's why I had to bring in an expert for today's episode. Brandon and I are going to step way out of our comfort zone here and talk a little waterfowl hunting. Why is it out of our comfort zone? Well, Brandon has a little experience with it, and I have zero experience with it. Yep. That's right, I know pretty much nothing. Now, I'm a biology teacher, so at some point in my educational history, I had to learn all these different bird species, and I know a little bit from that. But as far as how to hunt them, when to hunt them, where to hunt them, I need an expert. Okay, so what did we do? We went out and we found one. We found a guy who was absolutely crazy about chasing after these migratory waterfowl species. Mr. David Stollard of The Call Outdoors was kind enough to give us some time and really go through the basics of waterfowl hunting with us. We hope you will learn as much as Brandon and I did, and we also hope that you will, as you listen to this, develop that same curiosity and drive to give it a shot yourself someday. So, Enjoy tuning in to episode 24 of the First Gen Hunter podcast, Waterfowl Hunting 101 with Mr. David Stollard. Brandon, do you ever get into that old man mode where you like start complaining about, oh, the kids these days and all people do are on their, <laughs> on their cell phones and they're on social media and all that, blah, blah, blah. Do you ever do that? Uh, I'm, I'm an old soul. So I, I, I've been doing that for a long time now. So yeah, I've got, I get the old man mode a lot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are definitely, of course, of course there are, there are definitely pitfalls to, um, social media being on devices too much, right? Too much screen time, I believe is what it's called. Um, but one of the positive things that I saw spending some screen time a little bit before this interview was Mm -hmm. our two buddies from fly true productions, who we just interviewed in the last episode, episode, yes. 23 this is episode 24 mm-hmm. they both tagged out on some nice yeah. minnesota bucks last night yeah that was pretty cool to see yeah so uh big congratulations to eric and ben from fly true productions uh on uh you know getting on the board this year hopefully uh there's there's more good to come for them this season yeah, well, I mean, it's cool to see, you know, guys and, and girls having success. And I mean, it's about, we've talked about many times getting out there and, and uh, not just being satisfied with, you know, being on social media, maybe living your adventure through someone else. Although that's that's great to celebrate other people's success, but, you know, get out there and, and make your own adventure, whether it's in your backyard, you know, you've got a deer stand in your backyard, if you're fortunate enough to have that or you've got to travel a little bit you know get out there and have some fun you know and that's what we're about you know encouraging uh, guys and girls to get out there and and start their own adventure and it doesn't have to be you know in in colorado doing your own you know kind of go it yourself elk hunt it can be you know right in your backyard or close by and um, ultimately it's about getting out there learning something every time you're out there enjoying it uh, enjoying the good lord's creation and so we're just excited to be able to share that and kind of dig deeper into that as we go forward that's right and by going forward this is the last time we're talking about deer this episode. 
It's it's our favorite. <laughs> we say it all the time. Brandon yes. and I were obsessed with those Delaware and Iowan whitetails. But mm-hmm. we are switching gears in a big way. In fact, we're going to talk about a form of hunting that I've never even actually tried. So I technically really shouldn't even talk about it. It's almost like we should bring in an expert to do that, wouldn't you say? I would say so. You know, we're we're really honored to have Dave Stollard and, you know, from from the Call Outdoors and um I've known Dave for several years now and and my family has known Dave and just a a great guy just, you know, runs a great channel over there with the Call Outdoors and Dave, thank you so much for being willing to give up some of your time and be with us today. Hey guys, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, honestly, it's an honor to be on here with you guys just to chat some hunting. And uh, I'm always down for uh, talking about a little bit of deer hunting, but of course, I'm always down for uh, talking about waterfowl as well, one of my favorite sports. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And uh, Dave, is, Dave is such a, a cool guy and one of those guys who is good at so much and, uh, you know, had a lot of facets to the uh, business, the ministry that he runs. And so Dave, if you wouldn't mind just kind of taking just a minute to kind of explain um, the call outdoors, you know, kind of the background to all that, and maybe even kind of how you got into the outdoors hunting and things of that nature. Yeah, sure. So the Call Outdoors is a ministry of uh, Camp Sankinac, uh, located in uh, Spring City, Pennsylvania. And uh, we started this about 10 years ago. Um, I came up with the idea with uh, my good buddy, uh, Curtis Kenyon, and my brother, Phil Stollard. And, and Jeff Murphy was a part of that as well. And, yeah. and uh, we launched a basically a men's ministry um, at the camp where we were at. And so we, uh, we started focusing on... Uh, waterfowl hunting, deer hunting, and turkey hunting. And uh, kind of where it all came about was uh, at the end of college, you know, I I never dreamed in a million years I was going to be doing something like this. And uh, mm-hmm. um, at the end of college, I was uh, going to pursue, you know, going to play basketball. You know, I was offered to go play over in Germany. Um, oh, I was cool. ready to do that. And I just felt that um, that God was calling me to do something else. And, and he brought sure. me to the camp. And so I, I wanted to be a part of the men's ministry. Well, during that time of uh, those years when I was in college, I was really starting to hunt hard and really started to develop a passion, you know, in hunting. And mm-hmm. uh, one of those was waterfowl hunting. And so I started going to some of the shows, you know, the outdoor shows. And, and I knew that, you know, when I went into the shows that the guys who were blowing goose calls, I didn't sound anything like, you know, they, they actually sounded real, you know, they, they were, you know, champion calls, all this kind of stuff, but I was blowing a call and I sounded horrible. And so I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to get into this sport, I need to actually learn how to blow a goose call. So, so I started to get my hands on anything and everything in terms of instructions and, and just started really, really practicing and devoting time towards it. Um, and so, uh, sure enough, started practicing really, really hard and, and, uh, you know, at that point towards the end of, uh, college, you know, I started competing in contests and really because of my development in that, um, I was asked to go speak at a church game dinner, you know, and yeah. at that church game dinner, it's, it's kind of a combination of, Hey, they're asking you to come, uh, speak at this game dinner because of your abilities with a goose call and you can talk waterfowl hunting and stuff like that, but we also want you to come you know, to our church game dinner event so that you can share your passion about, you know, what Jesus Christ has done in your life. So yeah. it was a perfect combination of, you know, what I, what I want to do with the sports ministry. And so that's kind of where, you know, the call outdoors kind of just launched from there. Uh, we've been going strong the last uh, 10 years and doing a lot of filming of our hunts and, and compiling it together. And that's kind of what we're all about. You know, we want to take our passion um, for hunting and, our passion for our families and, and, and all that, but we really want to uh, lay out to the, to the audience, you know, that there's a, there's a great creation that we get to enjoy and, mm. and yep. we're going to enjoy that creation so much more if we actually have a relationship with the creator of mm. that creation and, yeah. um, and you know, what Jesus Christ means to us. And so, so that's, that's our purpose and that's kind of where it all came about and, and we're excited to continue that passion. Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, thank you for explaining all that. And I mean, it's, it's like you just so beautifully mentioned that, you know, when you have your priorities in order, you know, when you're putting God first and, and those types of things, boy, it just makes you enjoy, 
you know, what he's given so much more. And so it's pretty cool that you guys have, you know, not only been able to do that, but to be an impact on so many people. And so I, I take it you guys kind of getting back into the, is it the season again for the game dinners and whatnot? How's it look for you kind of going into the fall and everything this year? Yeah, so this year has obviously been a little bit different with the uh, coronavirus uh, yes. stuff. Um, there's been many churches, you know, that have that when when the coronavirus hit and all that. Um, many churches have postponed their game dinners till mm-hmm. the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fall is not as heavy in terms of game dinners, but the normal game dinner season really starts in January and it goes through March, okay. um, to okay. where we'll start usually doing four or five right in a row there in March. Yep. So that's really the heavy season. Um, right now it's kind of, you know, all the, all the guys who are doing the game dinners typically don't like to do them during deer season. So, <laughs> um, so most, of the guys, most of the guys are out right now, uh, you know, doing hunting. So, so yeah. as are we. Yep. Yeah. Our, our, uh, the church I attend actually fell into that category. We, uh, COVID kind of hit right before, uh, we were gonna we we're gonna do that like maybe the week or two weeks before we were gonna have our big game game fishing game dinner and uh, it's too bad we had some great gifts to give away and and of course mm-hmm. you know just the the great message and all the guys coming together and swapping swapping war stories and uh, uh, heartbreakers and yeah. successes yeah, and yeah. everything else that that makes those so much fun but yeah well yeah you know, but it's, exactly it's interesting. Well, and it's interesting, you know, Dave, we were talking on a previous episode how, you know, the coronavirus and those things, you know, there's been some articles that have come out that have basically said that with the coronavirus and, and, you know, uh, shortages in meat and different things that it's kind of started to get people more into the outdoors, into hunting and things of that nature. So that's kind of been, you know, from an outdoorsman perspective, maybe a a positive with all the craziness that's going on, maybe, you know, kind of hoping, help, helping uh, people be more willing to get into it. So we're, we're hoping, hoping that's kind of a positive from everything. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, I tell you what, uh, even this last Turkey season with all of it, um, this last, um, may when we were out you know we were doing a lot less traveling we were staying in yes. state and i was we were running into a lot more uh turkey hunters who had the time you know yes uh, maybe your teachers or things like that who had the time to go out and hunt so we ran into a lot more a lot more guys um hunting yes, i think that that's sure. actually like you said a good thing that you know people are getting out and and getting some experiences under their belt and realizing what it's all about so yeah yeah, yeah definitely well, we're, we're we're tickled that you can kind of help us all learn a little bit about the waterfowl side of things. I mean, I know I grew up doing, you know, a lot of snow goose hunting and, and, and some duck hunting, but you know, nothing that was really overly organized, you know, in the sense of, you know, Hey, let's, let's go, you know, I remember growing up and me and my brother's kind of going out and kind of like you said, you know, kind of trying to, you know, get some, our hands on some information with some goose calling and, and we would do that. And we had some, you know, a little bit of success and, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, but just kind of was really cool being out there. And so, you know, just kind of helping the listeners, the first gen hunters out there, a lot of them, you know, who are just kind of getting into things, you know, kind of learning some of the basics on, on that side of things. So I know Kent's going to kind of go through some questions, but I appreciate your willingness to just kind of give us that one-on-one lesson on some of this stuff. Sure. Sure. No problem. Glad I could do it. Yeah. We're, we definitely need an expert on this one. And that's really, that's really kind of the theme here. We're, I'll probably title this something along the lines of waterfowl hunting 101 or something like that. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) we, we need some education here, Dave. And so, um, let's just start off right away with the basics here. And that is matching the species to the season it's you know when we look at something from a you know a, a what is it a, a 20,000 feet above it is that how the phrase goes or yep. something like that yeah, uh, yeah. When, when we look mm-hmm. at at like the the whole big giant picture we kind of pick out those little those little you know major details i guess so people probably know that waterfowl hunters shoot ducks they knew they know that they mm-hmm. shoot geese, but then start going beyond that. Oh, and they know that water is obviously involved because you know it's in the word waterfowl. So <laughs> they right, they, right. they know that you get wet and you shoot ducks and geese. I think most people, yep. whether or not they hunt 
you know, some other species or not, or, or do much outdoors, they could probably tell you that much. But beyond that, there's a whole lot of detail that paints the, the whole big picture of waterfowl hunting. And so I think just starting right there with saying, you know, what, what season, what species during that season. And, uh, then we'll kind of go from there as far as some, some strategy gear, that kind of thing. But, the, the way I kind of laid this out that we want to kind of discuss our different species involved here starts with early fall, then I went to late fall, then early winter and late winter. So let's go ahead and start there with early fall. What kind of species are you looking to, you know, it's finally getting into that fall hunting season. What are you looking for right off the bat? Right. So the first thing in the season that we just came out of with call outdoors is your, um, September season. Um, and we're going to in the September season is usually, uh, across the board is your basic, a nuisance season for most of the States, um, that, that have that September season for geese. Um, mm-hmm, and those sure. are actually, those are actually birds that they, they don't leave the state usually. You know, okay. they're, they're there year round. And those are the birds that you're, um, uh, they're, they're filling the parks. They're, they're, they're causing a racket and, uh, you know, in, in areas that they're not really wanted and you need to make sure that the numbers are, are healthy for the state. Mm-hmm. So, um, sure. so your September season is usually going to be after the nuisance birds, what they call the nuisance season. And so the, the daily number on the birds that you can take uh, during that season is usually a lot higher, you know, in hmm. Pennsylvania where I'm at, um, each guy can take eight birds a day, uh, for the mm. season. Oh, and wow. then, uh, we were, we were traveling up to, uh, New York and hunting up there and you could actually take, uh, 15 birds, uh, per wow. day, uh, per man with unplugged guns. So Whoa. it all depends on, on how it's regulated within the state. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, up there in New York, you know, we, like we had our last out there, we had, um, about 52 or 53 birds in, in a, in a day, you know, with our group. And, wow. and, uh, so you can really rack the numbers up yeah. during that September season. Um, and so that's, that's a great time to get out. And, and I know a lot of, especially new hunters, you know, having the opportunity, you get the opportunity to kind of get out there. It's not freezing cold. Um, and then get out there and, and experience, you know, a good bit of shooting, you know, if you get into yep. them. So that's the, that's kind of the first go around that we always are, are kind of itching for, you know, late August is that early September, uh, due season. Sure. Yeah, that does sound like fun. So, so what you're telling me here is that there is a justifiable reason to purchase a fully automatic 12 gauge with a drum clip. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> there is, there is, you know, you gotta watch the regulations on, on state on how they handle those, but yes, um, Definitely, definitely <laughs> legitimate. <laughs> so. Now, now, Dave, are you now? Would you say? Would you say that you know? You mentioned like the, the new hunters, you know, getting into it when I early fall would be a good time. Would you say one of the reasons is is essentially because you know the, the the birds are not real educated. You know, at that point, you know, you get stand a pretty good chance to to be able to to fool some birds at that point. Maybe better than than later season. Yeah. Um, I go back and forth on that just based upon, uh, the birds that I see on that, you know, some probably September one, you know, the birds have been left alone for all year. Um, yeah. so early on, they could be uneducated. However, mm-hmm. you know, the birds that are here, uh, year round can also be very smart. Um, yeah, kind of right. learn where they're, you know, they know what's what when they go into different fields that are around there. Right. Um, so in a goose hunting situation, you know, if you're catching migrators that are maybe migrating in, um, mm-hmm. and they're coming into a cornfield that they haven't seen, you know, the last few days, right. know, two to three days prior, and then they see a goose spread. Well, they're coming into a situation that is new to them. And so yes. then the things that they see can be more deceptive to actually them and they can be easier. So, um, it, it all point. depends on, on setup and where you're at and, and what's going on with the geese and, and what fields and, situations that you can get them into um plays a big part in how the harvest goes sure yeah yeah that makes sense now now as you start to transition you know from that september time frame you know here here we are you know right around 
you know, October, you know, we're going to be, we're still in fall, but we're kind of moving, you know, now towards that cooler weather. What do you, what do you kind of start to target come October and whatnot? Yeah. So at the end of September, um, up in New York, you'll usually start to have, um, you know, your Canada geese who are migrating from, you know, from Canada down Mm -hmm. uh, through the corridor and and heading down South, you know, they're going to migrate all, all the way South, um, down to, you know, all the way down to Louisiana, you know, down to the Southern States. And Mm -hmm. and so as you're migrating down through and down through the flyways, you know, you have, um, your Pacific flyway, central Mississippi and Atlantic flyway. Um, as they're coming down through the flyways, um, they're starting to migrate down through there. And, and, uh, like I said, late September, they're going to start to show up usually in, in New York and, and even like right now, um, where mm-hmm. I live, we're starting to have migrators show up, you know, all over the place to where about a week and a half ago, I wasn't seeing many birds. Now I'm driving past ponds and there'll be a hundred birds there, yeah. um, you know, in spots that, that aren't there. So they're just migrating down through. And unfortunately right now where I live, um, they cut the season short. So goose season is not in right now because of, uh, deer hunting. So. So we're okay. all focused on deer hunting right now, but uh, yeah. our season opens up here um, in the middle of November. So okay, okay, yeah, okay. That'll be that'll be you know that'll be more migrators coming down through. So yes, um, so you know they'll have a lower bag limit on those migrators that are coming down through. So in sure. my area, there'll only be uh, uh, I think it's two birds a day per man. So okay, okay, lower take, but. Well, yeah, but still an exciting time for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, at what point do you typically transition over to like the duck hunting? Would the ducks kind of come in pretty pretty strongly? You know, once that November season kind of starts up, or what point do you kind of do you hunt both the ducks and the geese? You know, come November, how does it look? How does that look? Yeah. So right now, um, you can shoot wood ducks. There were some guys out, you know, just the other day shooting some wood ducks, um, depending on the seasons. But yeah. Um, mid-November, um, all the way out through January, depending on your, your local area on what the seasons are, yeah. you know, you'll start to, you'll start to deal with the, with the duck hunting as well. And, and same thing, you know, you got the same migration happening and, uh, yep. and so you're, you're targeting, you know, uh, probably a lot more wood ducks early on. And then you got your mallards yep. and, and, uh, you know, teal are moving down through as well, um, early on. So, uh, so yeah, you're, you're targeting those ducks and, and my favorite is, you know, being on a, a field hunt to where you're, where you're able to do both. You know, you got Canada geese nice. coming into the same field as, as mallards and wood ducks mm-hmm. and, and you just end up, you know, having, having a great time with the guys on all of those different things that are, that are coming yeah. to the field. I mean, that's, that's my favorite. So yeah. yeah. A little mixed bag. Some, been on some, yeah. A little mis- mixed bag for sure. I've been on some, uh, some great hunts, uh, you know, all the way up in uh, Saskatchewan, you know, oh, where cool. we shoot snow geese up there and, and, uh, having good hunts to where your barrel's so hot, you're, you're knocking so many ducks down in the field <laughs> and, and, uh, and watching your dog run out there and get them, you know, mm. that's a whole other element to the whole thing as well. And, and that's one of my favorite parts of waterfowl hunting is watching a, a good waterfowl dog. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, hunt. Well, and it's cool too, because, you know, you, you figure, you know, on the waterfowl side of things, I mean, many times you're obviously doing it together with, with other people, you know, you've got the complex of, of the dog, if you have one and, and the retrieval side of things and, you know, just so much that goes into that. I know we'll be talking about that a little bit later, but just kind of really emphasizes that camaraderie and that, that fellowship and that friendship that is just so cool in that context of hunting. Yep. And that's, that's probably one of my favorite things that sets waterfowl apart from, from some of the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in deer hunting, um, even though don't get me wrong, I absolutely love deer hunting. I absolutely love turkey hunting, but in waterfowl <laughs> yeah. hunting, you, you're, you're able to, you know, sit next to anywhere from, you know, a couple other guys to, uh, 10, 11, 12 guys, you know, on yeah. hunt. and so you get mm-hmm. to experience, Hey, you know, this is what we're doing together as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. this is what we're kind of. You know, and then, you know, you get to make fun of your buddy when he's missing shots and, you know, that kind of stuff, <laughs> or getting harassed by your buddy, you know, so, so yeah. all, you got all of that kind of stuff going on at the same time, you know, and then, you know, just to pick up and clean up and just working together as a team, you know, is, is really, 
uh, what I have, what I love about waterfowling. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, as we kind of finish this segment of like, in terms of the, the seasons and whatnot, what would you say as you get into like the winter early and late winter, is there, is there something specific, you know, that's different that you start to target at that point or how does the season wrap up? What would you say? No, I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty much going to target, you know, your, your last migrators coming through, you know, is pretty mm-hmm. much what you're going after. Sure. Um, yeah. and so just, just the final birds that are coming through as the season's wrapping up. Um, I, I certainly do enjoy, you know, getting out on some snow hunts, you know, yeah. it's just that, that adds a whole nother dynamic to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. just going through the seasons and experiencing those hunts is, is, uh, what makes it worth it to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, this is this happens. It's happening again, Brandon. You know, we we bring people on. They start telling us about the stuff we haven't tried before, and it just gets me all wound up. I want to go. I want to go try some some duck cutting or something. Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling I'm getting a phone call in a few days. Uh, you guys want to come down and uh, to come up and do some do some hunting. Well, I'd be happy to take you guys out. No problem. Yeah, hey, I'll be I'll be happy to make that phone call here one of these days. That would, that'd be as, a, as long as as long as I get a phone call to uh, one of those Iowa trips, get on a big there you go. Yeah, yeah, we can work something out for sure. We can. Uh, we're always happy to trade a hunt. That'd be that'd be fun. There you go. Yep. So. Well, uh, so we're, we kind of got an idea of what's, what's flying during the different times of year. And of course there's, there's all kinds of different species of, of waterfowl out there, even beyond, uh, ducks and geese. But of course those are the, the, uh, the, the most popular ones. And, and maybe we should do a uh, follow-up episode in the future, uh, waterfowl 102 and maybe talk about some of the, the other, uh, species like teal and, I think coots and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. What else is there? There's um, mergansers and and mm-hmm. yep. things like yep. that. There's all yep. there's all kinds of birds out there that that people can can uh, tie into and and it's regional too. There's you can go. I do know that much. You go down south and there's some different options there and here in the Midwest and then of course out get far enough east that you know like Brandon's neck of the woods. You can start shooting at sea ducks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep, but absolutely. But uh, there's there's all kinds of opportunities, and they they do line up with the different seasons, and you know that's really not so so much different from the other totally different species. You know, deer we talked about, or or uh, even someone who likes to maybe hunt black bears or uh, mm-hmm. turkeys or pheasants or doves. You know, there's different times of the year when that's really the prime time, and so yep. you know, kind of if you haven't hunted waterfowl before, like myself. You know, whenever I try to get on a new species, I try to take some of the things that can translate over uh, from from one one. You know, if I was a, if I was talking about fishing here, I'd say I'd be finding the lures in one tackle box that transfer over to the other tackle box, depending yeah, on yep. on what I'm going after. So, definitely some good tips there about the different times of year and just kind of you know even some of that using some common sense to kind of piece yep. that together, mm-hmm. but. You know, one of the hardest things for new hunters, and um, this is this has been something that I've actually been talking about with Brandon beyond the show, uh, just just as you know, my friend and my one of my hunting mentors. This year, I really have felt like um, as a first gen hunter, uh, this is my I think this is my sixth season of hunting, and mm-hmm. I've finally started to feel like I've been putting the the picture together put the puzzle together on how to get on deer uh, for the first time in my my uh, hunting career almost every time I go out I'm I'm seeing deer and I think that's one of the hardest steps for people to take when they they're getting started with hunting is finding out where on earth are these animals and so <laughs> and so with waterfowl hunting, I sense that that is a really big part of it. You mentioned this word flyway, yep. and yep. I've heard the terms migration corridor before. What kind of places should a new waterfowl hunter go looking? Because I get the idea it's not just as simple as, 
oh, my neighbor has a farm pond. I'll go out there and shoot some ducks. I sense that. <laughs> right, that, right. got to find them. Right, you got to find yeah. them. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and getting that fine education that Brandon and I got. Keeping with the theme of not trying to pretend I know stuff that I do not actually know anything about, I'm not going to give you a tip of the day on waterfowl hunting today. I just don't know enough yet. Hopefully soon. Hopefully I'll get that chance to get out there and and see what the uh, waterfowl rage is all about. But until then, i got to stick to what I know. And that is whitetails. Whitetails are very relevant right now. We are in the thick of deer season, and I have gotten out for quite a few sits already. And here's what I've been learning that I think will help you. Most times when we think of hunting deer, we think it has to be from a tree stand. Now, I will agree with the idea that hunting from a tree stand is typically the best way to try to hunt deer but it's certainly not the only way, okay? I have done far more ground hunting in my years of deer hunting than I have tree stand hunting. And the reason for that, there are many, probably the same that you've considered ground hunting. I just haven't built up a huge arsenal of tree stands yet. I'm just learning how to use a hang-on tree stand. Um, A lot of my hunting is very time limited. So I don't really have time to to get in and and do a hang-on and hopefully not scare all the deer out of the area while I'm messing around with the tree stand. So I do quite a bit of ground hunting. Now, one of the advantages beyond all those things that I just mentioned for ground hunting is you can get out on those extra windy days. And what I have found is when you have around that 15 to 20 mile an hour, you know, pretty good steady stiff breeze going it can work to your benefit in a lot of ways one of the ways that that works to you it helps cut down on any noise you're making when it's dead calm out there it feels like every time you step on a twig or step on a dry crusty old corn husk that you're letting every deer in the zip code know you're there but when you got that stiff breeze going tree branches are swaying corn is blowing in the wind yeah, you get, you get a little bit more leeway. The other thing is scent. Back in episode 13, our friend Noel Gandy said this, the wind is your friend, and I couldn't agree more. If you can play your ground game correctly, you will mitigate the amount of your scent that is going to blow around on the farm. When you're up in that tree stand, you're like a big scent sail in the wind. But when you're on the ground that gets dampened down significantly. Furthermore, if you set yourself up on the right travel corridor on those windy days and you accurately predict which direction the deer are gonna be moving, you can set up in a way that will basically make you scent invisible to the deer because the wind is stiff enough to carry your scent in the opposite direction that they're coming from. That gives you a tremendous advantage. It keeps the deer on low alert and makes it more likely for them to saunter up for that close moment of truth. Now, changing gears back to waterfowl hunting, let's get on to part two of episode 24 of the First Gen Hunter podcast. So, so I would say to any new uh, goose hunter, you know, um, to basically uh, get on your maps, look at, look and try to find where the main uh, bodies of water are in your general area. You know, if you're in a, in a, in a farm area or, um, you know, um, look within your general area, I would say, you know, if you're looking to hunt within an hour of your house, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, you're going to try to find where the main bodies of water are that sure. potentially can hold geese, you know, and, and then from there, you know, try to piece together where their food source is going to be. And so, um, you know, geese and ducks, you know, typically 
you know, if, if geese are, are roosting on, you know, a lake, um, mm-hmm. in the evening time, you know, through the night, they're going to be on a lake or, or some big body of water to where they're safe or, or even on a pond, they could be roosting on to, you know, to where they feel safe. Um, they're going to get off that water and go, uh, you know, fly and look for, you know, a food source, whether that's a cut soybean field or, mm-hmm. or a cut corn field, you know, they're going to go to those things. So, so what I like to do is, you know, try to go find the geese, uh, you know, where they're roosting. You can see them up, to, you can see them up in the air going into water sources and things like that. And so, you know, one of the, one of the games for a waterfowl hunter is, okay, once you know where they're roosting, um, where can, where can I get them? So basically, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we'll follow them, you know, we'll send scouters out and, and you'll sit there and watch them on the roost, you know, where, you know, they're roosting and then you'll mm-hmm. follow them out, you know, they'll sure. fly out and, you know, you'll follow the main body of geese and, and, you know, uh, then you'll find out, you know, Hey, they're, they're landing over into here, you know, and then mm-hmm. it's, and then it's a game, you know, a communication game with your friends and, and, and that kind of thing, because you're, you're communicating, okay, you know, this, this local farm in our area, um, just got cut. And so, you know, we're expecting, you know, that, that within the next two or three days, because this cornfield just got cut and there's, there's corn on the ground, um, there that, that geese in the area will probably find it and start going in there. So, Hey, let's mm-hmm. keep an eye on that, you know? Yeah. So within the next week, let's send somebody by there to go take a look at it, you know, and get some, you know, get close enough to it to take a look with your binoculars and see if there's geese landing there, you know, first thing in the morning. So, you know, a typical pattern for geese is they're going to come off their, they're going to come off their roosting pond or lake or wherever they're at and they're gonna they're gonna go feed first thing in the morning um Mm -hmm. they're gonna be there for a few hours and then they're gonna fly to either back to that roosting area or they're gonna go to uh, a loafing spot they're gonna go to like a uh you know a different pond or they're gonna go Mm -hmm. um you know hang out at a a local you know little farm that's got a little stream through it or something like that you know they're gonna Mm -hmm. go loaf around there for for that duration of the day and then they're going to go and usually typically feed at night um you know right before uh nighttime so they'll feed mm-hmm. late afternoon and then they'll go back to the roosting spot so those are the times that you want to start looking you know uh, to see if you can catch geese in the air and that, that way you can follow them and figure out where they're going and, and it's a similar approach with with ducks you know on on doing the same thing so on scouting them out yeah that's that's good advice. When you're when you're uh, doing the scouting and, and I mean we know how this is when you take a hunting trip you're you got to deal with the hand that you're dealt right as far as weather and stuff mm-hmm. like that goes. Right. But if you were to really kind of paint the picture of your perfect day, so go ahead and um, let, let's do let's do two species here of your choosing perfect and and it doesn't matter what point in the season i mean this is just this is the kind of day you're taking off work for if you can to be hunting on this day what's it look like as far as weather visibility water conditions you know wind that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so so far (laughs) that's that's kind of a tough question because any day to me is an exciting day and a perfect day to get out waterfowl you know geese and ducks you know probably a, a beautiful sunshine day you know is probably not going to be your your best waterfowl day um you know sure. you like a good 10 mile an hour wind because um, wind plays a big factor on on how you're going to get these birds because um, mm. um, they're more on when i say they're more honest um because geese and ducks will land into the wind so you know mm-hmm. if you have okay. a good steady wind you can you can set your decoys appropriately. You can call appropriately and they're going to be more honest. What I, and what I mean by that is they're going to be more predictable on what they do when they approach you. Mm. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're hunting them on a no wind day, you know, they can be a lot tougher. They can land to your left. They can short stop you. They can, mm. they can really do whatever they want to do to get into the field. And so they're not near as predictable. Um, but I, you know, I enjoy those, those days that are, that are, probably right around your Thanksgiving time days, you know, you got your, you know, 30 degree weather, you know, 30 mm-hmm. up through 50 kind of a day. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's, those are kind of my favorite times to, to be hunting them. Um, you start getting into your freezing temperatures. It's, it can be a lot longer of a sit. 
Um, geese mm-hmm. might only fly one time a day. Um, you know, typically when you get to freezing temperatures, geese are going to um, sit a lot longer often okay. and store up their energy and just do one big feed. Um, mm-hmm. So you might have to sit in the you might have to sit in the field all day long just to wait for them, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So you're pretty much committing your entire day to where usually when you have warmer temperatures, um, you know, at least above freezing, you can, mm-hmm. um, you can pattern them a little bit better. So. Sure. So that's good. It's good though. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, I mean, and, and you kind of were speaking about the calling side of things and that's probably one of the most intimidating things for like a new hunter getting into it, you know, so what would you, what would you say to someone new that's getting into it, Mira? Is it, you know, you know, is it, is it very, really technical? Like you talk like, you know, talk about like calling for an elk or, or mouth calls for turkeys, you know, in terms of, um, uh, expertise needed or is, or is it, you know, the, a lot of the tube calling pretty easy to master, you know, easy to find instructional. What would you say? Right. So, I so there's a lot of instructionals out there. I would say that probably you yeah. know, waterfowl calling, um, goose calling, if you want to get, you know, developed in it, it's probably one of the harder, um, mm-hmm. things to master in terms of calling, you know, it's not like just picking up yeah. a, a deer grunt call, like a deer grunt call would be what I would say, like pretty, easy, you know, pretty easy oh, yeah. to where yeah. a goose call yeah. and a duck call, you know, to sound good on them is, is a lot more time and practice and okay. to, to master them. However, you know, you can, um, I, I don't say that to, to discourage anyone. I think that, you know, um, as, as an advanced caller, oftentimes, like if I'm, if I'm guiding a group of guys yeah. um, that don't call at all, um, I'm doing a lot more, um, what I say more contest like calling to where I'm making a lot of multiple sounds to sound like a big flock of geese sure. to where if I had, you know, um, went out with like three to five guys who were, you know, maybe they're not the best callers, but they, but they know how to make different sounds with the goose yeah. call. Well, those mm-hmm. three to five guys are going to sound better collectively than I right. would as an individual. So, right. um, so I, so I say that not to discourage guys. I mean, they can, they can still, you don't have to be a world champion goose caller to, you know, to succeed in, in waterfowl hunting. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but calling, you know, calling, uh, waterfowl is, is one of the biggest things in, in the sport in terms of what guys really gravitate towards what they like, yeah. you know, what they, what's, what's enjoyable. It's kind of like a, it's kind of to me like turkey calling, you know, like yeah. when a bird hammers at your call, you know, that's one of the most exciting things about the entire hunt. You know, it's the same yeah. thing with waterfowl. You yeah. know, when you're putting all the pieces together, you're putting the decoys out there and and deceiving their eyes, but you're strategizing how you want to do it. But then you're also adding your own realism into it. You know, that's just what, that's just adds to the hunt so much more. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That relationship that you essentially have with the bird, you know, in terms of Mm -hmm. knowing that they're responding to you, I mean, is, is Mm -hmm. that is so different from something compared to, you know, like a regular whitetail hunt, you know, where you're not necessarily going to have, you know, so much, you know, right. yeah, you've got, you know, the decoy options and things like that, but not near to the degree of, you know, the, the, the waterfowl side of things to know that, that, that a whole plan has come together, you know, is, is gotta be pretty satisfying, especially when you're leading a group of guys out there or, or, you know, you're doing, you know, some film work and everything comes together just right. Just like you'd, you know, cause you even mentioned the scouting beforehand, you know, you're, you're finding where they're roosting, you're traveling to where they're going for feed. And then you're kind of putting all of that plan together. I mean, kind of cool to be able to experience all of that coming together at one time yep that's exactly it and then when you're sitting in the blind and enjoying that and uh having coffee and donuts man it just tops it all off so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is really cool that i i know you know i know from just my limited experience doing the bird hunting or the turkey hunting you know that i've been i've been doing a lot more of the last several years you know just that that you know you're you're it's a little you're a little more active you know you're sharing it with people you're you know you have that Boy, like you said, there's nothing like, you know, hearing a bird call back, you know, when you, when yep. you start, you know, going back and forth with the bird. I mean, that is a very unique feeling that you don't experience so much with deer hunting. So it's kind of cool to, you know, I know when I first started getting into 
bird hunting, you know, years back, boy, the first experience with that, I was like, wow. I mean, that's man, you called and and something called back. Oh my goodness. You know, you just, man, it it makes you almost gives you like that, that, you know, emotional, like roller coaster, like, man, this is exciting, you know, and then to, to, to be chasing those things and seeing them come in and, oh man, it's, it's, you know, it kind of takes your strategy to the next level, you know, compared to something like, like large, you know, game is, it's kind of, kind of neat to experience both sides of that. Exactly. And just the intensity that you can have during, uh, during those hunts, you know, I just, I, one of my favorite things is taking you guys out because you get to see, you get to see their eyes from, yeah. uh, from the experience, you know, cause you get, you get out on this hunt and, and they're kind of piecing it together. They don't necessarily know the big picture, but yeah. you know, you go through the setup and you go through the work and then all of a yep. sudden, you know, the hunt actually happens. And then yes. they hear the birds and then they see the call and then they experience it all the way to the, to the final gunshot call. You yes. know, I just see, <laughs> just, you just see guys' reactions and, and some <laughs> of them are hilarious because the intensity that comes over their faces, you know, during this, yes. during these moments is, is yes. priceless. So, yes. uh, yeah, that's what it's all about. To, to, to be able to see some passion just develop in someone. I mean, that's, you know, for all of us that are hunters that love getting other people into it, whether it's deer hunting or bird hunting or whatever, you know, when you see that glimmer in someone's eye, you know, you just know like, man, this, this could be, this could be something where, man, someone's fallen into love with it, just like you have been. And it's cool to be able to share that with other people. I mean, Dave, what would you say in terms of like, for someone to start out with in terms of waterfowl calling, you know, you're talking out like the, the, the geese and the ducks, you know, type deal. Would you have a recommendation in terms of where to start with something like that, or just kind of try to get, you know, educated in terms of the material out there? Right. What would you say? Right. So I would buy, I would look to buy. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a loaded question, but what I would say is, you know, there's for deuce calls, you know, you got your acrylic calls or they're the most expensive calls on the market. They're going to run anywhere okay. between, you know, $85 to $160, you oh, know, wow. on, the, yeah. on the shelf. And I yeah. probably would not recommend grabbing that, you know, right off the shelf. Yeah. Um, I would look to more buy like a, uh, a plastic injected, uh, molded call, um, mm-hmm. off sure. the shelf. And usually what I would look for, if I was, if I was just getting into it, you know, there's several calls and call makers and, and there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, but there's a lot of call makers that put, instructional dvds right there within mm-hmm. the within the package of the goose call or duck call yeah and yep. so that's that's really what i did um you know yeah. i had some i had some decent mentors and good mentors that helped me in in waterfowl hunting and getting into it but really when i wanted to get into the calling aspect of it um i just started eating those things alive in terms of you know grabbing those instructional dvds from the champion callers and the guys who who really know what they're doing and i just I just started watching them and then started yep. trying to apply the things that they taught on, on television. And, uh, so that's how I learned. And then, you know, as I, as I started developing and picking it up, then you're able to, you know, go, go back and forth with friends on, on, you know, fine tuning things. So um, yes. that's what I would recommend. Okay. That's, that's helpful. That's helpful. Well, I mean, yeah, very helpful. you know, we, we know that, you know, just most of us who, who have any sort of experience with it a little bit, or even just a little bit, know that, you know, costs can kind of add up a little bit on the waterfowl hunting side of things. You know, you've got mm-hmm. waders, blinds, you know, some, you know, boats, sometimes obviously decoys, calls, yep. you know, even dogs, yep. you know, what would you say are the bare essentials? And, you know, for someone that's getting, that's new to it, you know, starting out, what about acquiring gear? You know, what are those, those key important things to have? Yeah. Um, so the first thing I would say to someone who's just starting out, I would say to, to connect with somebody else to hunt a little bit and see yeah. if it's the, if it's the right thing for you, if that's something that you yes. want to dive into, you know, and then you can ask those guys, what are essential to you on this hunt and, and, and then go from there. Um, but for what we run, I mean, I've got a, um, a six by 12 trailer that we run it's a single axle and we're yeah. running about a hundred to 150 decoys. Um, oh, some wow. are silhouette decoys, some are full body decoys. And, uh, we started hunting out of, um, a frame blinds. Um, so we've got three or four of those. Um, so you're going to need your, you're going to need your blinds. You're going to need some decoys. Um, you could probably start off with just a couple dozen decoys. Yeah. Um, and obviously some, some, uh, ammo and a, and a shotgun, <laughs> you know, yeah, you right. start off with and, and, and a good, good goose call or duck call so mm-hmm. 
Well, and you know, what you mentioned was really interesting there too, is, is trying to connect with someone who goes hunt, you know, does waterfowl hunting, you know, and, that, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before, you know, just on the show a lot is, you know, about the mentorship, you yep. know, about the ability to, you know, essentially connect with others, the willingness for seasoned hunters to connect with younger hunters or newer hunters. And then for those who are newer, you know, not being afraid to ask for help and assistance with, Hey, boy, what, what really goes into this? Is this going to be for me? You know, cause not all the time, not all the time is, you know, every, every type of hunting going to be for every hunter. So the ability to connect with someone who really knows what they're talking about is, is just immensely helpful. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's cool to see for you, you know, Dave, I know you've had a lot of, you know, you've been able to mentor a lot of guys and get a lot of people into it and, and that side of things. And, you know, we've been able to have similar experiences, you know, like myself with deer hunting and, and different things and just the opportunity to, you know, really promote, you know, guys and girls getting into it and enjoying the sport. And I mean, I know for, for those of us who do, you know, there's, there's nothing quite as enjoyable as helping someone, you know, we, and we've all needed help. You know, we've all, we've, we've all been new at something, whether it was hunting or something else. And that chance, that ability for someone to just take a chance, um, and, and take some of their time to pour into us, boy, means the world. And I know for you and your ministry and and those things, you know, ultimately utilizing those relationships, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for, you know, the, the highest calling, you know, is, is really Mm -hmm. a cool thing. So, I mean, it sounds like that's one thing that you guys have really emphasized over the years, building those relationships for the purpose of, glorifying the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, to start off, you know, when I was just a, a young kid getting into hunting, you know, when I was 15, you know, my youth pastor took me out and, uh, yeah. took me out on a goose hunt and awesome. I'll never forget it. I mean, he didn't, didn't have a lot of money, didn't have you mm-hmm. know, all the gear and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he took me and my brother out and we, you know, we went and laid down in the grass, you know, we didn't have blinds. We just laid down in the grass behind some decoys and, yep. and, you know, he, he was able to share, you know, different things, um, you know, about God and, and about our relationship with God and, and just, you know, having fun out there. And then all of a sudden the geese showed up and the intensity <laughs> yeah. of his face, you know, went to our <laughs> face and like, we were like in the moment, like this is the coolest thing in the world. And, <laughs> yes. and he shot a couple yes. of geese and That's awesome. from there on out, you know, my brother and I have been hooked. And, yes. and we just, we just look forward to it every year. And so, yeah. you know, just because of that one person reaching out to us, you know, we've, we've strived to, to do the same thing, to turn around and do the same thing. And, uh, you know, take others out, take youngsters out, take, take men and women out. And, uh, you know, so that, so that they're able to experience, you know, um, the hunt and be able to experience, um, you know, God's creation and, yes. you know, the higher calling of, of, um, you know, ultimately what Jesus Christ has done for us and, and died on the cross for our sins and, and rising again to prove he was God, you know, is the greatest story and uh, the greatest thing ever to happen. And so, yep. um, you know, for us to to be able to kind of combine those two things and to be out in creation, but then, you know, tell those hunters that we're with, hey, you know, there's a higher calling, you know, there's, yeah. a, there's a God who created all this. Do you know him? You know, how is your walk with God even, and, and I even go a step further than it's just not just, it's just not about evangelism to the people that don't know God, but it's also about, um, you know, encouraging your brother and sister who do know God, you know, and yeah. going further in relationships, um, with, and challenging one another and sharpening one another's, you know, sharpening one another in, in yeah. what we know to be true in scripture and things like that. So you know, all of that coming together, you know, while enjoying the great outdoors, I, you know, it's just, I love it. And, uh, it's a passion of mine and yeah, you know, I, I, I look forward to continuing to, to share, you know, kind of that, that legacy or that, you know, that walk. So. Yeah. Sure. Well, and, and we've talked about this a lot where, you know, yeah, it's, it's enjoyable doing things yourself, you know, whether it's, whether it's hunting or, or any other t- sort of hobby, but when you're able to combine that within, you know, the context of, of helping others get into it or just enjoying it with seasoned friends who love being out there. I mean, it's, it's part of just what's, I, th- I think what keeps people coming back because that ability to enjoy it together and make memories together, you know, you mentioned even, you know, a, an old memory from a youth pastor taking you out and kind of help, how that mm-hmm. helped kind of, you know, in, you know, born, you know, that, that, that love for things in you and how, you know, just man, seeing those, those birds come in initially, man, it's like, a, it's a feeling you never forget. You know, you, it's like you take some out hunting and boy, they, you know, maybe it takes a while, but they get their first 
harvest a game animal yep. and it's like wow the 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 memories yep. that go into that and 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 the bond that you create over that is pretty cool you know i would i know i speak for all three of us here and and hunters you know around the the country and around the world we're blessed to be able to develop relationships within the context of the outdoors so it's pretty cool to just use that as an avenue to build relationships obviously honor the lord and and all those things so i mean it's pretty neat that you've been able to experience that and continue to kind of help others do that as well i mean what what would you say in terms terms of, you know, new hunters going out and maybe they're, you know, really struggling. Maybe they're, you know, man, they've gone a few times and they really love it. They're studying up on it, but you mean, they're, they're struggling, not seeing anything. What's, you know, what would be a couple of things that you would tell them to kind of key in on or kind of look at is, as what could be their, their, the issue they're having? Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say, first of all, to anyone who's struggling, you know, that, that even the top guys go through that, you know, that's yeah, the first thing sure. I would say. Um, because, you know, even I would go through, you know, patches and even, even still this September, you know, we were going through some days to where, you know, it's hard, you know, yeah. something, and that's the great thing about hunting. It, it teaches lessons that, you know, you gotta, you gotta stick with it, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a, just yep. not a, you know, you go out there and it's just easy success every time you, every time you go hunting, you know, this is something yeah. you gotta work for. And that, like, he, like we said at the beginning, I think, you know, that's what, that's what makes it so much better when it finally does come together because like, man, you know, that, that was tough, you know, but we figured yeah. it out. We, we worked through it and, and, and it came together. So, um, yes. so that's the first thing I, I would say to, I would say to somebody who's, who's struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, just, uh, depending on what their experience level is, you know, I would go from, go from that. I mean, to a non-experienced person, I would, I would say, you know, to work through, Hey, you know, where are the birds at right now? Are the birds even in the area? You know, and yeah. start going, you know, I start walking into, okay, are you putting your time in scouting wise? Yeah. Because if you're just, you know, uh, going out to a random field, you know, you're, you're maybe wasting your time because the birds aren't there. You know, yeah. it's not, uh, sure. you know, there's not, there's not many birds in the area. It's not the right time to be hunting, you know, yeah. or, or there's no food in that field. So you know, mm-hmm. why would the birds even come there? You know, kind of a thing. Why are they going somewhere else? So I would start asking those questions and, and figure out where the person is, you know, and what, what they're missing in terms of trying to put it all together. You know, sure. um, the game and waterfowl hunting, 95% of it is scouting, scouting, scouting. I mean, that's the mm, biggest yeah. thing in, in waterfowl hunting is knowing, knowing where to hunt and when to hunt is, is the biggest thing. And then, you know, putting it all together after that, you know, um, but like I said, 95% of it is scouting. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I love what you just said too, just about the perseverance, you know, you know, it's in this, in this social media world, you know, I, I know I was in church this morning and, and my pastor was, you know, talking about, you know, struggles and different things and how, you know, on social media, you know, usually what we're seeing of people's lives, whether it's hunting or whether it's just their life is the highlight reel. And, you know, we we many times, you know, post those pictures of, of, you know, those, those, those birds or that deer, you know, but what, what's not seen, you know, are the, the misses or man, maybe wounding a deer or man going out, you know, 10 times and not seeing anything and then, you know, really sticking with it. And then, man, when you have that success, wow. I mean, it's, and I think it's good, you know, even as we get people into it, you know, to, to even emphasize and Kent and I've talked about this a little bit, you know, it's not just about, Hey, let's, let's get you out there. And man, our goal is in, you know, the first or second hunt, man, you're going to be, man, you're going to get, you're going to get your first buck. You're going to get your, you know, you're going to get your your first wood duck that you can mount, you know, whatever, you know, it's to, to go out there and really learn about things, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the journey rather than living for a harvest or something like that. And so I know one, one of the gentlemen that I'm able to uh, mentor this year, you know, it's been refreshing talking to him because, you know, you talk to some people and they, they, man, they're like, man, I just want to get something, you know? Yeah. Um, but you talk to other people and they're like, man, I, I don't really care about getting anything. I, I just kind of, I'm just excited to learn about it. And you know, it, it's, yep. it's cool to be able to get people into it. And, and I feel like many times those are the people that will stay into it long term because, right. you know, right. it, it, the thrill of course, of getting, harvesting an animal and all that is great. But 
not near as great as enjoying the learning process, enjoying the fellowship that you have. And so just that perseverance, like you mentioned, man, I mean, even, even the, even the season guys, man, they go through droughts and, and, you know, people don't, people don't tend to post pictures when they don't get anything, you know, that's <laughs> true. You know, we all, right? we, none of us typically post those things, but, but we, we should be learning from it and should be kind of, you know, going through that process and that journey of refining what we're doing. And, and, and even in the midst of, you know, those days where you don't see anything, I know some of the days that I've had in the field, man, maybe, maybe I don't see anything, but man, maybe it's the most gorgeous sunset that, you know, man, maybe the Lord really painted that sunset and special. And, you know, you, you, you leave those hunts like that, like, man, you know what? I'm, I'm almost thankful I didn't get anything, man. I was able to just enjoy the solitude and the quietness. And so cool that, that, that there's so many facets of enjoyment as it relates to the different type of hunting. And like we were talking about, you know, the, the, the conversation you have with the bird, you know, or the solitude in a deer stand or just different things and how all of that blends together to make for such a cool experience, you know? Amen. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, we, I tell you what, we, we so appreciate, you know, you being willing to give us a one-on-one class a day. We'll have to hopefully have you on in the future. And like Kent said, do like a, a you know, a one Oh two class or a two one class and kind of talk a little bit more about maybe how this season's gone for you. And I know you, you've got a lot of family stuff coming up and whatnot. So we're excited for you and, and definitely wish you the best with everything you've got going on with the ministry and man, just excited for the, the season and the family changes ahead for you. All right. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I, I tell you what, I really appreciate you guys asking me to be uh, on the show. Like I said uh, before, it's an honor for you guys to ask me and uh, to talk about waterfowl hunting and, and uh, talk about God and, and those things. I, I'm just blessed to be on. So I appreciate it. If you guys don't mind, tell uh, tell the guys, check out the Call Outdoors on YouTube and you can check out a bunch of hunts on there or follow us anytime. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to give you a chance here to, before we wrap up, could you just kind of walk us through everywhere people can find the Call Outdoors? Yep, yep. So um, you can go on to the calloutdoors.com is our website and uh, that's where a lot of guys book our game dinners. So the calloutdoors.com. Um, we're also on Facebook. Just look up the Call Outdoors. Uh, like us on Facebook. We interact on there a bunch. Um, Instagram, Great. same thing, Call Outdoors. And then uh, on YouTube is really where all of our hunts are. We've got sure. a ton of turkey hunts on there. Yeah. Um, we just released uh, uh, a deer hunting episode just the other day. Awesome. Yeah, a couple new uh, waterfowl episodes on there. So if you go on the Call Outdoors uh, on YouTube, you can check out all our hunts on there. So. Awesome. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, definitely give them a like. I've I've been following them on Facebook. I need to get over to their YouTube channel. I haven't really uh, spent much time on there yet, yep. so I need to. You need to do what I need to do, which is subscribe to their YouTube channel. Make mm-hmm. sure you uh, interact by uh, giving those likes. Give them liberally. They're they're helpful. They're encouraging. <laughs> they're what they're what keep <laughs> us uh, putting that content out there. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, go to the website and uh, uh, you know kind of link up with everything through there as well, and just see see what their mission is all about. And um, you know, it's it's no surprise that. Dave was a uh, connection to Brandon because he's a very generous guy, he's a friendly guy, and and um, has a has a lot of uh, positive things going on with with his channel. And uh, you definitely wanna you definitely wanna link up there. And and of course, as Brandon said, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime, Dave. There's uh, many Appreciate more things to to talk about with waterfowl hunting, I'm sure, but also like you mentioned, deer hunting. And uh, this spring, when everyone's getting that itch to be out in the woods again, mm-hmm. turkeys mm-hmm. come yep. come rolling around again. We'll, we'll definitely have to bring you on for a turkey episode. But until then, uh, yeah. best of luck with the rest of your uh, waterfowl season and get into that deer stand soon. Looking forward to, to seeing what you uh, haul out of the woods this year. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, best of luck to you guys, and uh, you guys have a great day, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Brandon. Yep. Thank you. Well, it happened again. We brought somebody on talking about something I've never done before, and now I want to do that. I hope that happened to you, too. Or if you are unlike me, and maybe you've done a whole lot of waterfowl hunting, hopefully there were some good tidbits in there for you as well. 
That, of course, is our mission here at First Gen Hunter, helping people just experience hunting in a better way, giving them a better chance to notch a tag, fill a game bag, maybe even uh, shoot a banded duck. Please be sure to check out David and his team's channel at The Call Outdoors. You'll find links to their website, links to their YouTube channel, links to their social media, all in the show notes on this very episode. We can't forget about our favorite host, Mr. Brandon Martin from Hunt Fish Life. Please check them out at thehuntfishlife.com. Link up with them on Facebook, on Instagram, and head over to their gear shop to find some good old Hunt Fish Life gear to represent out in the woods. Finally, Please head over to firstgenhunter.com. I have some articles. I have links to the YouTube channel and vlog. I have, uh, of course, the podcast episodes and links to all my social media pages as well, where you can uh, comment, like, and interact with me through that avenue. You guys make this podcast possible and you make it a whole lot of fun. I really love that you guys tune in each week and I really hope that it's been beneficial to you. It sure has been for me. I am having probably my best deer season yet, seeing way more deer, having those really close encounters, and learning, most importantly, learning more about hunting every single time I'm in the field. And a huge part of that is because of the high quality, very experienced guests that we bring on the show each and every week. Please keep tuning in. Please leave us those reviews, and we can't wait to talk to you again next week in the meantime be sure you're getting out in that field be sure you're still practicing with your bow but most importantly make sure to take care and to take someone hunting